welcome to Wire's newest show for the spring semester called Leopard Radio. And if you haven't heard the word, uh, this is a talk show that came about through our relationship with the, uh, the Wentworth Alumni Association. And as, as uh, Wentworth students, we kind of felt the need to, bring, uh, to bridge a connection between um, ourselves and the graduates of Wentworth, because after all, these are the men and women who frequently contribute to the Wentworth community, both in, uh, in capital and in knowledge. And with that, I'd like to welcome Mr. Stephen Fusi back to the Wire Studio. Uh, Mr. Fusi has been, is joining us as a graduate in the field of mechanical engineering from the class of 1974. Did I get that right, Steve? So old. Yeah, 72 also. 72 also. There <laughs> we go. <laughs> so Steve and Wire have, we built a lasting relationship over the years. Uh, we enjoyed a period of uh, what I would call unprecedented growth back in 2012 uh, when Steve and his wife Mindy graciously contributed to our organization in an effort to uh, help develop the studio into uh, how we know it today. And I remember when I first started an organization and we were just, uh, wires just based out of this tiny little closet on the fourth floor of Beatty. And we've come such a long way since there, uh, since then. And uh, we're just so happy to have a new home in this beautiful, sprawling red paned glass room. And, um, from our uh, own perspective at the Wire Executive Board, as an end of uh, 2017 and 2018 graduates, we just want to recognize Steve for his uh, generosity in that regard. So, um, yeah, what I, what I never really learned is how this all kind of came about, and I'm just curious to hear um, your reasoning behind this decision, and you know how uh, you decided to help us out specifically. Well, I, I think part of the mindset is is. Uh been out of school so long as wanting to give back. Certainly, I, I appreciate it. Wentworth, I guess, more after graduation than working here. But uh, uh, radio has been my passion in a way. Uh, I guess as a little kid, I built a little transmitter and broadcasted to a few neighbors around. But I, I've been on the air as a ham radio operator. I'm comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. I've known people in broadcasting, and it just felt like the right place to, to plug into campus to make it a bit more fun definitely, and to make communications an uh, important part of getting Wentworth word out, but also making uh, having students be able to enjoy music and whatever works 24-7. And i got to say, this has been the most fun organization <laughs> I've been on um, in my tenure at Wentworth. And, uh, you know, before we got, get too into uh, WIRE and the Wentworth community, I just kind of want to venture back a little bit and hear a little bit more about your history. So, um, you personally, Steve, did you grow up in the, in the greater Boston area? I grew up in Newton, Newton, Mass. Yep. That's fantastic. And uh, since you were in the engineering field, uh, I'm just curious, you know, wh what were some of the early experiences that you might have had? Um, were you always uh, interested in engineering? Did you always have, did you have some kind of experience growing up that helped shape that? I think I just grew up as kind of a how's it work kind of guy, taking things apart, fixing it, yeah. auto mechanic. Uh, oh, that's great. You know, ham radio, as I said, I uh, built my own station and transmitted uh, auto mechanic. Uh, mm. I guess back in the early grades, I won a science fair three years in a row. It just seemed That's like the starts, right thing yeah. to start. I don't think at this young age, you really know what you want. And parents push you one way or the other. But sure. I just felt it was something that connected. And I liked to follow a sequence of how things work. So it was a bit of a trial, yeah. but it uh, ended up being uh, you know, part of my career, too. Well, that's great. Did you have any family members? Were your parents engineers or anything like that? Not at all. Okay. Nobody. I mean, I had some friends, parents, but uh, nobody, my parents are both bankers, so no. <laughs> so it was just kind of a curiosity yeah, that grew out from there. Yeah, that's how it starts sometimes. That's good. That's, that's, I love to hear that. And um, 
Also because we operate as a radio station. Um, I know we talked a little bit about this before we started the program here today, but uh, we heard that L.A. Woman uh, song by The Doors, and uh, I'm loving these tracks that you provided for us. <laughs> we had uh, some great rock tracks. We have The Doors. Um, I reached out to Steve yesterday just to get some music for today's playlist. He sent me The Doors, The Who, Beach Boys. So you were really in, in like high school during what I consider some of the prime years of music from this period between, I'd say, like 67 and 1970, 1971. And were these the types of bands that you grew up with and really admired in, in high school? Well, there were. I, I, you know, looking back, it's easy to say, but I think those were great years for, for music. Great groups, great innovation, yeah. you know, the summer of love, all that stuff in San Francisco. I will admit a little bit that I did go to Woodstock. You did? I did go to Woodstock. In no 69. way. I did, wow. I did for a couple of days. Uh, <laughs> made a little trip to imagined. my parents and I went and it was a quiet experience, but uh, oh, it was kind of neat. A little scary, but it was a great thing. And of course, some of these bands played there. You so it was kind of nice. But I, I do like these and I still listen to them. I play some of these songs on my guitar. Like Pinball yeah. Wizard, I'm, I can just do it verbatim. And... Uh, I well, like new stuff too. My, my, my daughter's 26 and 31 have very different musical tastes. But my older daughter says, Dad, those are my years too. I mean, she got my records. But it was right. kind of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just time of life. You know, like sometimes it presses on yourself what, what you like and don't like. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how that comes about. Like, you'd probably like, uh, we have this one wire show called Rock and Talk. Mm. Uh, it's hosted by a, a sophomore named Jeffrey Connor. And it combines some classic rock with sports talk. So I always love seeing, like, these. Um, like, uh, I mean, I'm included in that. The younger generation mm -hmm. who's listening to what their parents kind of grew up with and sure. still having an admiration for that. I mean, um, there's, al there's always people who will be into today's uh, pop music and what's on the you know, terrestrial radio stations. But um, it it's great that there's still a big audience for, for classic rock and for progressive rock, that sort of thing that you grew up with. Well, there were some great music venues back in the day, back in then. There was a place called the Boston Tea Party. It was on Berkeley Street. I think it's just celebrated its 50-year anniversary uh, yeah. recently at the Verve Hotel. But they had groups, the Birds, the Who, uh, Hendrix, wow. just, you know, who knew where they were? It was a small place, smoky, of course. I'm not going to differentiate what the smoke was. But it, <laughs> but it was great music. Well, nice. You know, the Beach Boys played in town. It, it, oh there's the Paul's Mall, the, the jazz clubs. Did you clubs. see all these? Yeah, the jazz club. It was a great, great place, jazz. It was coffee houses that they call them, Passim. And Harvard Square is still there. Mm -hmm. Great entree place for people like Joni Mitchell and many artists made their way through this little funky club in Cambridge. So it was a oh good gosh. time. And as a young person, I was open to, I guess, trying stuff. That's amazing. Yeah. I would love to see Joni Mitchell and all those guys. <laughs> it's Pretty old great. now, yeah. How did, you, how did you have time for this when you were when you're an engineering student in Wentworth? Well, I guess just made time in some way. I mean, sure. it was evening. I was dating a girl from Northeastern and for a little while. We just take the tea. It was, it was pretty easy. But there you go. There was a balance between studies. I, mean, I was a good student. I did very, very well. But I, I'm sure I just did my share of other stuff, too. Yeah. And uh, you, you still listen to the same music that you grew up yeah, with? Has so your taste much. changed at all? I mean, in I, the cur any current artists? I, I, I can't name any. I mean, I, sorry, I, I should be able to. But, uh, <laughs> hey, but no I guess I also broadened out a little bit into classical music a little bit. And, uh, okay. A little bit of opera. I know it's old-fashioned, but it's just kind of, a, kind of a blend a little bit. Yeah, you know, one, one thing, we, I don't think we've ever had a real classical radio station at, uh, at Wire here. I'd love to hear more of that. Yeah, it's um, just different. I, got, we get, I used to have to go to the BSL Symphony. I had a subscription there for 10 or 15 years. Mm. It's just different. Yeah. You know, plug yourself in and just experience it, but uh, step oh, out and, you know, it's just trying to... Yeah, we, 
So you said you, you perform your own music? You have an acoustic guitar? Yeah, I've got acoustic. I've got a couple. I've got a 12-string Rickenbacker wow. guitar. And um, yeah, I haven't performed, if you will. I mean, I was in a high school group, but I, I, I play a lot, and uh, it's getting better. And after 30 year hiatus, I just picked it up, and it just feels better mm. as a struggling student. So when did you start doing that? Probably five, six years ago. Play a little bit more. And okay. Wait, well, you said you had a 30-year hiatus. Well, hiatus, I'm not doing anything. It just, I just oh, okay. didn't. I mean, the ham radio thing, too. I just, just didn't. Right. Life took over, family, kids. But now I'm kind of drawing these things back into my uh, life a bit more, and music is very much there again. That's great. Yeah. That's great. And I, I really love hearing that. And, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So we're going to take a quick song break, and when we come back, we're going to get uh, talk more about your life as a Wentworth student. Sure. Try to love one another right now 
Steve, let's talk a little bit about getting involved with Wentworth. Sure. How did you first uh, find out about the school? I actually walked in, uh, hard to believe, but there were no computers back in those days or databases, but uh, neither of my parents were, were college students. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I did find out from some people, uh, a couple schools at Engineering, Northeastern and Wentworth and Tufts back then. But I just walked in uh, off the street at Walden High School and chatted to the admissions office and kind of got a lay of the land and I applied and got in. There you go. I mean, I'm not saying it was easier than to get in or not, but it was more of a, more of a trade school in a way back then. Yeah, and degrees. you mentioned it was a trade school and a commuter school as well. It was a commuter school. I took the T in from, you know, from Newton, but uh, it was probably maybe 15% of students or 10% on campus. Really? Wow. Edwards Hall, Rogers Hall, I believe, and I ended up cleaning those during the summer. I worked for the school oh, yeah. during the summer, you know, as a job. But that's it, and now it's like 80%, so yeah. it's a real community, Things which, really which is very helpful. And I mean, um, I mean, looking back when you're, when you're walking around campus here, like what, what have been the most significant changes that you've seen since you know, when, you, when you came well, the to... The buildings are the same. I mean, obviously, Miss Beatty Hall, I remember, was only a few years old, and uh, it was a center of learning. The library was pretty good then. I know it's nice now, but the mm. period it wasn't. But the neighborhoods what, what changed. It was just not a safe place to be. Walking Back around then, the really? it was absolutely horrible walking around the neighborhood. Wow. Students are getting robbed. It was just bad. Oh jeez. And uh, now it's Mission Hill is, is nice. And there used to be Boston Trade High School was across the street. Now it's the Ira Allen Center, which is gorgeous. So it's the whole area, Northeastern oh, really? of course is pushing up here. Clinton yeah. Avenue is good. It's just a nice place to be. It is. And uh, then uh, we have that. Uh, w- what's going on over at the tennis courts? There's. Well, it's going to be a, f- a four-story building. We just uh, just got the financing for it yesterday, actually. Oh, really? So it's going to go up uh, starting this summer. They're going to start building it. It's going to have Accelerate there. It's going to be a nice, some glass in the front. Uh, it's a nice addition for it. And I think it'll help enhance the school's attractiveness too for some programs. Hmm. Um, and, and Steve, uh, when you were on Wentworth campus, uh, apart from like the the classes you took, I mean, I mean, like looking at, I don't know if you check like the degree audits and stuff like that. Were classes substantially different from from what we have now? I mean, uh, you know, well, you I mentioned think the that computers. The difference was, let's say, I have two degrees. Associate's degree was in mechanical design engineering. Yes. And um, you know, it had what it had. It was a a trade course in a way, and. Uh, you know, they opened up uh, two more years for bachelors, so I went over and got a, Evans Way a bachelor's degree in mechanical 
engineering technology. Okay. They were all technology degrees back then. But I think in education-wise, um, you sort of learn the skills to perform a job. Where now I think the classes, and I talk to Monique all the time over at Accelerate program, it's very much you know, a different mindset of teaching. You've got the basic skills, mm-hmm. but you're taught to open up and be a little more fluid in your thinking. I think it's a whole different education process now. You think so? Uh, I, th- I think so. I think it's been, from what I hear, it's been great. People oh, getting great jobs. So, you know, they are. Yeah. Um, co-oping wasn't around. I think that's great. So it's Co-op was in a big thing. No, Northeastern started it, and sure. it just it wasn't here. I mean, Really? Just do, you know when, do you know when that started? Was it a recent thing or yeah, past couple decades? probably the late 70s, I'm going to okay. say. Because, I mean, that's the reason I came to Wentworth. Yep. I mean, I, I talked to my, um, my advisor in high school. This was originally when I uh, came in for architecture. Yep. And she said, you know, there's this tiny little place in, in Boston. A lot of people know about it, but they have a great uh, co-op program. And at that time, mm-hmm. I didn't even really know what co-op was. And they, she explained it to me. And she's like, you know, you'll be working mm-hmm. while, um, while you're uh, in between classes and stuff like that. And I said, well, that sounds great. You know, I get a lot of experience that way. So... I'm really happy with. Uh, I think it's critical. I, mean, I know some lately. people that hire went with grads, or in, not grads, but yeah. people, and they say they're just so well trained. I mean, it's, the, yeah, they're yeah, a huge yeah. asset. It's, it's 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 well known, which is very nice to hear. Definitely. And uh, while you were in um, school, did you have any? You know, we talked a little bit about classes, but yeah. any professors that really struck out to you? Or yeah, left, some were pretty old-fashioned. Not to say that was bad. A lot of the students also were on the on the GI program. They had been in the service and came and you know, were paid for classes, so they tend to be a little bit older. But mm-hmm. one professor, his name is Ray Tavares. I know he's retired a few years ago. He was in the, like the thermodynamics area, which I liked. And we just, I liked him a lot. And even when I moved out to Los Angeles after graduation, I kept in touch a little bit, just liked him, oh, and kind good. of a mentor guy. And he's the one that got me involved now with Wentworth as a trustee and what I've been doing. So Really uh, easy to approach kind yeah, of guy. Yeah, just, just hit it off. I mean, yeah, you know, I wasn't into mentors, and uh, but he just somebody you could talk with, and I just, uh, chemistry, good. you know. Yeah, someone with a lot of good chemistry is great. Like, I, I mean, um, being a certain level of strict, uh, strictness yeah. is always important, you know, yeah. as, as long as you're getting the uh, information out there. But if, if you're easy to talk to and you encourage students to come up to you and asking questions, that's... Yeah, I mean, it's... It, it wasn't just asking for help. Um, it was just sometimes personal advice. Oh, absolutely. Just the, and, you know, we kept in touch and said, V, that's it. There you go. <laughs> that's probably the only one. I've seen some other ones, but that's probably the main one. Although Fred Driscoll, who, uh, you know, was head of the electrical department, yeah. is still involved. He's still here. Yeah, that's right. He, and that's he's right. a great guy. Uh, I, I chat with him all the time. Uh, he certainly is part of the Accelerate program with Monique. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I talk to him all the time. But he's probably the longest running person here but he's a great guy so he was still running back then oh yeah he was he was a uh, uh, in the electrical engineering department oh fantastic. Yeah, back there, which was yeah i had no still idea still here still going oh wow and, and apart from uh classes I, I know you mentioned it's kind of a commuter school and you were a commuter yourself so i don't mm-hmm. know how much this applies it might um were there any like clubs and organizations that you were a big part yeah, of there was some i mean the different today so there many, was the uh, so many don't, don't laugh there was a model railroad club really which I forget. Oh, where'd that I go? I, I can't picture what, what floor it was on. Somewhere, but it was a pretty big layout. And, yeah, a bunch of guys. I looked at the yearbook, actually, before I came on the air here in the library. Yeah. Uh, I wish, bunch of I guys wish people to have, could see this To have picture. some time. And it was kind of fun. And they had a, actually had a ham radio club, too. They had a ham radio it's club? It's over by where Sipsy is. Right. Especially, it's over. Yep, yep, yep. I, I, I can envision it. It's gone. But they had a ham radio club at the time. 
Also, the karate club. I was doing a little bit of karate. Where, where have these gone? What happened to all these? these oh, yeah, already, I'm still doing it. But so it's just sign of times. I mean, it's just, um, sure. you know. So many. I know so many people would be interested in a model railroad club. I mean, yeah, I mean, like some like a Lego club. Like there was just different things it, to do. So, I know it sounds goofy, but There's no that, cell that's phones. Great, There's just different stuff to do. Yeah, it really. Sorry is. to put it back, but uh, but those are the only three. And of course, the other club was Punter's Pub, which sadly <laughs> just clo- sadly just closed. What's what's that? Is Punter's that gone. Punters? Yeah, gone permanently. Yeah, gone. What is Punter's Pub? I've heard that. Is it gone. really shutting down? The building was sold, and it's gone. Oh my gosh! Uh, it seems like ago. I just went in here. Yeah, it was kind of fun. Or yeah, or Travers Tavern was the other way up the street a little bit. Okay. Yeah. But uh, that was part of it. But certainly, commuter school you really just Punters, wanted to get home, just get back into home. So. Yeah, punters. Sports. I mean, the, the basketball here and hockey was pretty good back then too. What's that? Basketball and hockey basketball were and pretty hockey? good sports. Okay. So sometimes watching those go on was kind of nice in the gym. Oh, I bet. But still, you want to just commute, just did nothing, just want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> or go in the library and study, which I did plenty of. Sure, yeah. sure. So what did you say, 20% commuter back then? Oh, even maybe 10%. Really? It was just only a couple dorms. There was Rogers and Edwards, I believe. Mm-hmm. And there was an Edwards Way. So there, Baker? There, was that before Baker? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. None of that was going on. Interesting. But, uh, but yeah, now it's at least 80%. 80%. Which is fabulous. Such a, such a big change. Well, it makes for, makes for you know, community, right? It does, yeah. I mean, the amount of, I don't know how many clubs and organiza- organizations they had back then, but um, this this weekend is going to be a, uh, I don't know what you would call it, like a kind of, uh, they take all the managers of all the clubs yeah. and put them in a room together, and it was packed. There there must have been like 100, 150 different people that's all fab- representing their own clubs. That's, that's the way it's, it's fabulous. Yeah. And, and they make it such an easy process just to start up your own club yep. or organization. So if any... Students are listening to this, and you know you have a idea in mind for an organization. Um, j- just run with it. Uh, talk to Campus Life. Talk to Student Life. Exactly. Student Engagement Center. They'll they'll make it happen. Going back, if I was a if I, was, if I was a freshman, I would absolutely take advantage of that. And um, my uh, my girlfriend goes to Rhode Island School of Design. Oh, is it? Yeah. And right. I'm always talking to her. I'm like, J- just start a radio club. I, I don't know if they, I don't think they have one. But that looks so good on a resume. Like, I started a, a radio club at RISD. Technology is so advanced, you can get one of those, you know those Raspberry Pi things? Sure, I have one on, yeah. Yeah, you can make an internet radio station in yeah. a couple hours just using a Raspberry Pi. It's, it's unbelievable. So, uh, Steve, I know we talked about finance a little bit uh, yeah. earlier. So, after you graduated, um, did you immediately go into mechanical engineering? Because I, I, I know that you've had some, uh, I have a lot of finance background. So, what brought you into yeah, that? Yeah, kind of a change of careers. But uh, back then, I go into the into Howard Square at the Out of Town newspaper place, which is still there. And I mm-hmm. decided I wanted to go to LA. Who knows why? Get out of town. A couple of classmates did. And went yeah. there and got a sunny paper and saw some companies. And um, wrote in and one company flew me out. They wanted an instrumentation engineer, which is more of a thermodynamics fluid though type oh. as opposed to pure mechanical. And I interviewed with Fleur and some of the big companies, but this Parsons company made me an offer. So out I went. So it was a in little LA, you said? I did have therm yeah, Los Angeles, yeah. I did have thermo as part of mechanical engineering uh, courses, but that's what I went into. And did that yeah, for four okay. years. You know, did some traveling, a startup or you find it was kinda of cool and then as any big company has, the economy changes, and energy was a disaster in the late 70s. Hmm. The company wasn't getting new business, so I, I decided to leave and joined a very small, I guess they call them architectural engineering firm. 
I was became the contracts manager. So here I was doing a little bit of business and I also interacted with the engineers. And every day in the morning there was a Wall Street Journal on the front steps. So I just sort of started reading it and uh, stayed there four years and actually uh, changed careers dramatically and became a stockbroker with E.F. Hutton, which was a big uh, stockbroker company like Merrill Lynch back then. So that was my entree and I stayed in that career, not with Hutton, but for 35 years. I just retired last year. 35 years, so it's yeah. amazing. And what's interesting is, as engineers, uh, we, we think in a logical way, which is cool. And I know these days you kind of break out of the mold, but in sure. finance, it, it's hard to be in that logical step. You need to be able to float around a little bit with thoughts. So I had to get a new process in my head to be able to turn off the engineering thinking, which, okay. was, which, which was sometimes got in the way. Oh, It'd be more of a personal person. So. Anywhere it just happened. I mean, people change careers. You're not stuck. If things hadn't changed, I would have, who knows? But right. looking back, I don't regret it at all. That's good. It just happened. That's good to hear. It just happens, yeah. Exactly. It just, just happened. It's and, um, way of life. But, yeah, uh, sure. Tuffy, that's, it's fantastic. One company I stayed here for 25 years. One company. That's a long time. No one stays these days 25 years. Right. <laughs> I mean, I could have moved around. If you move too much, it's bad. But it worked out fine, and it's all in the past. But yeah. that's my life. You wouldn't make any changes? Yeah, I might have made, I might have, moved on and you know I wasn't an aggressive person per se so I wasn't always looking for the next buck but it was a comfortable thing and uh, mm -hmm. I felt good about it and it just stayed. Excellent. And yeah. that in, kind of introduced you back to Wentworth right? I mean you went well, to did. When, finance. I did. I, I looked up Ray Tavares. We went to dinner and he said that, you know do you want to join the alumni association? They could use a finance person. They have some money that they look after. They do make gifts to the schools you may know and so I, I did. I was on that board for three years, and I changed their whole investment picture, and then I got tapped to be a trustee, which I've been now, I don't know, six, seven years, and uh, it's been a good run. Yeah, very different. And did you say you had some kind of relationship with, um, with Accelerate? You mentioned that earlier. Well, uh, I do. Um, I certainly, uh, Monique caught my Monique, ear, I guess, yes. and I've gone to many of their pitch fests very much, and Greg, and I've watched what they've done. I know Monique Fuchs just got oh, an Greg's award great. a couple of weeks ago Yeah, down at the uh, Innovation mm -hmm. Center, I think what's called, yep. Dry Duck Avenue. Sure, sure, sure. And um, I think what's nice is, and it didn't exist in my day, although I can't say people didn't do it, was just collaboration yeah, of different disciplines, which is, which is fabulous, kind of coming together and bringing your own expertise to it. And I think, it's not, it says, Steve, don't tell me it's a program. It's not a program. It's the... Um, we're with Innovation Entrepreneurship Center. Exactly, yes. And I think there's a distinction between a program and something that's yes, a volunteer exactly. choice. But uh, I've been to many fests. I think it's wonderful. Tremendous attendance over there. It's just a great way to open up. And um, I think what I found is at my age, I like to listen a lot. And I don't know all the answers. If I think I do, I'm crazy. But <laughs> listen how students think today is a little bit different than I did. They have more exposure and a little bit more open-minded. So. So you I, were able to participate in some of these? Yeah, it was well. one team was building a bicycle. It's called Dragonfly. They're building a bicycle light. I met with the team a couple times. I'm not mentoring them, but I just met with them and kind of did some thoughts, and we'll see where that goes. But uh, I think it's just a great program. And, Accelerate. You know, yeah. I guess back in my day, teaching was very much, you know, you learn the material to perform the job you're going to be at. Now it's very much of an open mind to take what you know and, and stretch it out a lot exactly. further. And I think the yeah, program with Greg is exactly that. Right, and if you need the financing, then they'll yeah, be able I mean, to help we, you we out. can talk about financing and building yep. a business and business model. But I think just with the students, just uh, bring some perspective. It's been very enjoyable going mm -hmm. to all those pitch fests. That's great. I, I encourage anybody to go over and check it out. They have it. It's very nice. Pitch fests. Yeah, we'll have to look up the time and uh, yeah, a bunch of that out. Hot seat, I guess they call them. 
What is it? They call them the hot seats. In the fact, they seat. have a seat sitting up in the quad with redness. It's yep, hot yep. seat, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, love that. I'll have to find out what the next one is. But yeah, I found one Monique, but, uh, but Greg's great. Um, yep. Greg also has a show at, at uh, Wire. He is, oh, I didn't know that. It's brand new this semester. It's, uh, you actually might be surprised. It's called uh, Table Talk, and it's all about <laughs> food. Mm. His favorite food. And I, I, I had no idea how, how much of a foodie this guy is. I didn't know what he either. Happened. He talked about cakes and pies for a solid hour last week. And oh, okay. I, th- I think this this uh, this week it's about pizza. And it's, a, <laughs> it's just amazing hearing him uh, talk all about that stuff. He's a very, very intelligent guy. We all wear different hats at yeah. times, right? Right, exactly. And uh, you did uh, say some mentioned something that I was curious about that Accelerate, uh-huh. I guess, was not around at your time. Um, not at all. Anymore. I mean, I, I do some, entrepreneur word has just exploded. I mean, right. I know some people in the family who have gone on and started companies, and I think that was a bit of a rarity, but now it's just a breed, and there were so many things in Boston you can go to and see funding and startups and, you know, you know, a show on TV, what's it called? The one that... What's that? The show on TV where they're making the pictures. Oh, uh, Shark Tank? Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's an extreme, but there's a lot of that out there, and Somebody who can put themselves in that environment, I think, would be a better person and even a better employee at a company Definitely. that fosters innovation. Definitely. Companies didn't used to foster it, but, you know, so it's a, it's a big plus. And uh, was Wire around uh, when, no. when you were there? No. Okay, okay. Um, Not I, at all. I, I found some, like, old picture that must have it was, been I was surprised. Like, I don't, the early don't think 80s or something like that. I, you know what? I it's believe it's I just, right above this cabinet. I'm going to go grab it. Yep. Yeah, I know it was in a closet somewhere on the third floor or something like that. It was, that. yes. Is that what it was? Um, I'm trying to find if there's a date on this. I wish yeah. the listeners could uh, I never heard of it until right I got, now, you know, got involved it, here and stuff. But uh, I don't know when this... This must be from like the 80s or something be. like that. Here, check, yeah. check this out. I know if I can tell. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Isn't that great? Cool. Actually, it's not wire. It's not wire. It's the amateur radio station. Amateur radio station. I recognize the call letters oh, there. Okay. See, so that's, that's probably... A bit during my day, I recognized the brand of transmitters, yeah. the helicopters. That's probably in the 70s period of time. It was not wire for sure. Was this part of the ham radio club? Yeah, it was. I mean, it kind of looks a bit familiar, but that uh, what was going on and you know, radio stations were really not much on college campuses, really. Right. Back then, I mean, a couple had them, but it was just a rarity. Just in colleges yeah, in, in a way. I mean, WRS in Boston, you know, have been around a long time, but it wasn't, much, it wasn't that common to have college radio stations. Hmm. Especially if internet wasn't around. If you had went over the air, you had requirements with the Federal Communication Commission. Oh, yeah, it became yeah, complicated and it does. how many watts and stuff. So really, you needed some money to really make it work. Right. And um, now it's a shoestring you can get on the air now with internet. Yeah, it's, it's amazing with the it Raspberry is. Pi, huh? We're going to take another quick uh, commercial break. And, you know, not a commercial break, a music break. Here's the Who with Pinball Wizard.
Mr. Sifusi on Leopard Radio, and um, that was uh, The Who with Pinball Wizard. So we're in a kind of a transitional period right now with a lot of studio renovations, that sort of thing. Um, See, what do you think of the the, uh, new desk here? I think it's fabulous. It's not going (laughs) to fall apart. It looks just comfortable with the curves and everything else. It's it's like it just feels better when the equipment's solid and you can focus on something else rather than the desk. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's been keeping me up at night, you know. Sure. Uh, I mean, uh, we all just kind of want to thank you for those lobbying efforts you helped with uh, to get this thing uh, purchased. And yeah, um, we talked a little bit about this before, but I, I just remember how big of a deal it was for past members of Wired because when I first interviewed for the station manager position, um, I remember asking uh, Josh and Mike, they were mm-hmm. the original station and uh, tech directors. Uh, at the end of my interview, I just asked them, you know, what do they wish they could have done if given more time with the the station and all of their answers were to replace the broadcasting desk which, uh, which i thought was great because oh, essentially we were using uh when we were up in that closet in the fourth floor yep. baby, we were essentially using the same desk that we had back I knew that, then, yeah. uh, for for i guess years and um when they, when they must when we got the studio when they brought it down, they must have not been able to fit it through the door. So what I think they did, I think they disassembled it, it oh, wow. and uh, to fit it through the door and then put it back together. Um, and that desk, as far as I know, was not made to be disassembled. It's never, it's never the same, so is it? No. It was never the same. So it wasn't like wobbly or uncomfortable yeah, or anything. Right. It didn't shake. But, you know, there's so many moments when uh, I just get so paranoid that um, this th- the thing was going to collapse and then there goes thousands of dollars worth of tech equipment with the board and the, the tower and all that well, stuff. Sure. So, so it's, it's done deal. Glad. So, it's great. I can see it right now. Yeah. I'm so glad we were able to secure yeah. this new uh, broadcast. Absolutely. Table. Everybody's loving it. So, yep. um, we do. you know, I, I think we're in a good position right now as far as, as tech is concerned, because we're just a school full of uh, engineers who really value like the tech side of things. Like mm-hmm. um, we, we must've been one of the first uh, pioneers of internet radio back in the 90s whenever we switched from terrestrial radio and that was, say, that was that was risky right. 
that was risky, but it but it really paid off. That's kind of been our um, our saving grace ever mm-hmm. since. And it, it's funny just because whenever I'm at the uh, Intercollegiate Broadcasting Systems Conference in New York, yep. I'm chatting with all these other college radio stations, and they're usually asking me, you know. Um, if I'm in communications or broadcasting or something like that, I'm like, we don't even have that as a major. <laughs> like, we're an engineering school. We do this. We do this for fun. <laughs> um, I almost want to make that our slogan. We do this. I for think. Fun. I, th- I think you should because <laughs> engineers are not known for fun. I yeah. mean, sorry, but yeah. I think it's I think it's, uh, it's great. Oh, we have a lot of fun here, though. Oh, um, sure. And you know, it's uh, as far as IBS is concerned, the Intercollegiate Broadcasting System. Um, mm-hmm. it, was, it was just a really great honor to. We heard back from them in the past few weeks. And in the past, when we went to these conferences, I think we were up for about like two or three awards, and mm-hmm. now now we're up for sixteen, which is pretty crazy. That's um, incredible. Which is something I never would have expected. I see some awards right to the left of me here. Just that's right. They yeah. put the glass and they have a little mic on top, and we're, nice. we're not even going to have enough room for all of these next year. You know, we're going to have to make another ledge. <laughs> I think what's key is the awards and the upcoming hopeful awards is just to get that word out better. Absolutely, it's known, yes. but I think that's something I want to talk about a little bit. Yeah. Uh, what the goals definitely, you see definitely. for this station, and I, I know yeah, you have so, a couple of thoughts about it. Uh, yeah, I am curious about that. So looking down the road a little bit, I, I mentioned we're kind of in a transitional period with Wire as far as our rebranding and our studio renovation yep. efforts. And what do you hope to see out of Wire years down the road? Well, I think it needn't have a future by its own. Uh, Wetworth itself is going through a rebranding yeah, program in a way. Uh, to sort of show statistics that have worked, a nice campus, new degrees, biomedical engineering. You've heard about the master's degree. I think they're yep. also, uh, and resorts are part of this, want to get that going forward. So I, I think the radio station, besides being entertaining, could be more of a focal point on campus, not just for students, but also people who have left the campus like me. A way to tune in, either to have a, a DJ or some kind of program like now, mm-hmm. uh, some alumni, just some way to... to connect back to campus. I think the office of, I guess they call it Institutional Advancement, Paul Seke's group, who does fundraising, not to say it should be tied to this, but I think it's an awareness of Wentworth to people who just have long gone from the campus. Right. Easy, anybody can connect with the internet, pretty much. Exactly. Anywhere, and uh, rather than expect to get it over the waves. So I think both of them can go in parallel some way. Yeah. just, just getting better known out there. Uh, the out there alumni yeah. connections somehow could be on there. I know it's right. not through a great effort of the, the Alumni Association, but I think they came to the last meeting. You guys came to the last meeting of the W Alumni Association did. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a partnering that, that wants to go on there a lot more, working together, either have events listed or just something. So I think it's that's the direction I could see it going in. I like that. And I hope not more, do it alone either. Definitely. Others more in the, organizations, the same thought process. Um, yeah, take advantage of that. Um, I'm trying to take advantage of that as much as possible yep. with that rate, with this uh, radio station right here. So we have, I'm so glad that the turnout that we had last time I was uh, pitching yeah. this to the, um, was it the uh, alumni uh, organization? Yep. And we passed around a sign-up sheet. I thought I'd maybe get you and a couple other people, but I, I think I have like 15 people That's lined up fabulous. for this radio station. For this, for this radio program, and um, if, if anybody's listening right now, if you just turned it, tuned in, this is the uh, first episode of Leopard Radio, which is a um, alumni talk show, so we bring in a different alumnus every uh, every week, and we just uh, sit them down, we talk a little bit about their, um, their history growing up, how they got involved with Wentworth, and maybe what they see 
uh, as far as future plans for the uh, Wentworth community. So um, as far as like getting the word about this program and about WIRE out there is concerned, uh, we talked about that already, but um, do you have any advice for people who may be, for, like some students who may be struggling to get involved with campus, like organizations and trying to fit in, you know? you know, It, it does happen. I mean, people all of a sudden they're put into this community and they feel lost, but I believe that when the first couple of weeks after the semester starts in the fall, isn't there some kind of a grand day where you can meet all the different clubs? Yes. Some yeah. event, I think, goes on like, like those that. Those are great. I love those, the, um, the, the club fairs. Club fair. And, um, yeah, I think clubs are hopefully a non-threatening way for somebody to meet sometimes new people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how, that's enough how club, I got involved with Wire, actually. There's I enough clubs out there, the you know, to hopefully... Yeah, no one wants to be lost, certainly. And if you find something to tag on to of like people, whatever it could be. Certainly. So I think, uh, you know, during those moments, Wire can be very, very prominent as a non-threatening connection, whether the, the student gets involved, at least listens, it's something to, away from classes. Yes. You know, flip a switch, something different, I think. I love this. Some students do, do struggle. They're just they're shy or just don't feel connected, and studies are tough, I know that, so somebody just to have a break, right? whatever it is. So music think, can play a big part of that, huh? It does. I mean, I'm glad that so many organizations and clubs are actually approaching us. They're like, hey, we're doing an event next week, do you mind if uh, we, you play some, uh, DJ some music for us? Mm-hmm. And that's amazing how all these like collaborations just kind of work themselves out on campus. We'll go over to the to web, like the Wentworth Events Board, and like we have some music, but they have like an event in mind, and um, mm-hmm. we just we just hook it up and go from there. And Boston is such a happening city. There's so much going on that uh, <clears throat> in some way you can have your own little corner of identity, but it's just a lot sure. going on. But I think, I think radio can help somebody feel connected without having to show up, maybe. Absolutely, absolutely. No, uh, so Steve, thank you so much for being on the air today. Oh, this is great. Helping I to support it. us thank here you. at WIRE. Thank you. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just so glad to have you back in the studio yeah. today to kick things off on uh, Leopard Radio. So My pleasure. Uh, this has been a great start to the series. And if you are a Wentworth alumni or maybe an alumnus, um, who is interested in joining us at Leopard Radio for a little casual conversation. I hate the word interview. I, I, you don't see this as an interview, <laughs> do you? Yeah. It's a conversation. Conversation. Uh, please reach out to us at wire at wit.edu, or you can go to our website, wire.wit.edu slash alumni to sign up, and then uh, we'll reach out to you, get a time organized. We're going to be doing this every Tuesday at 5 p.m. So uh, closing off, this is Wire Station Director Dave Kreider with Leopard Radio. This has been Steve Fusi, mechanical engineer of 1974, and we will see you next Tuesday at 5 p.m. with a brand new guest.